Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 182. Hi, welcome back. It is a very sunny Saturday here in the north. After a long hiatus, she's back and it's delicious out there. I walked Hank in the sunshine this morning. I got a delicious coffee and now I'm here with you. We're going to record a podcast episode together. We're going to talk about how to train in your 40s, 50s and beyond. (laughs) Hopefully into your 60s, 70s and 80s. Actually, yesterday uh, in the hallway, we ran into an older woman that lives in the building And she said, guess what? And Cass and I were like, what? She says, it's my 80th birthday tomorrow. And she looks good. Uh, She still drives. She still does some work. uh, And she'll sometimes take the stairs. She looks good for 80. She's sprightly. (laughs) And she shared with us, she was uh, out somewhere and she was using her phone And someone said to her, do you need some help with that? Do you know how to use it? And she's like, I certainly do know how to use it. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, She's got lots of attitude and I love it. Still at 80, she is moving and living and she's vital and she has her mind and she's got this cool attitude. It's very, very cool. So hopefully you'll be training into 60s, 70s and 80s, which would be very, very cool. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But you know me, we're going to just talk about some other stuff first before we get to the main event, the main meal. Let's have an entree, uh, an appetizer. So I was actually having oysters with a good friend yesterday and she's been going through fertility stuff for the past couple of years. She's been trying for two years to have a baby and this week she actually just started IVF. She has PCOS, so polycystic ovarian syndrome and PCOS can make it harder to conceive So she tried naturally for a little while and then started to get some support from fertility and hormonal specialists. And she did some hormonal stuff for a little while. And then herself, her partner and the team decided to move forward with IVF last week. So I don't know that much about IVF. And she graciously shared uh, her story, her experience And what she'll be going through for the next six weeks. And it ain't for the faint-hearted. It is a very full-on experience. She knew the name of every drug that she's been on and that she will be on over the next six weeks. She knew the time, the date of her injections. She knew everything about egg retrieval. She knew the depth of her knowledge about IVF and hormones and injections and hormonal therapy was so deep 
Well, it blew my mind. And one of the things that she shared with me was that the last two years have been really hard, difficult, sad, frustrating, but she has learnt so much about herself, about her body, her cycle, her hormones, fertility, Every decision and choice that she's made over the last couple of years has been in alignment with her vision. She's known that she wanted to have a baby since she was a little girl. And she's been thinking about it, dreaming about it, planning it for a long time. And once she decided that she wanted to get pregnant, every decision and choice that she's made has been in alignment with that vision. Because once we choose, once we're clear on the vision and then we make the choice, it's about making that damn choice every day. It's about keeping the promise to ourselves that the choices that we make are in alignment with where we want to go. And the clearer the vision the easier it is to make those choices. She shared a conversation with me that her and her husband had, you know, a year or so into trying to conceive. She said to him, you know that every choice and decision that you make has to be for your fertility. It has to be for the quality of your sperm. And that caused a little bit of friction between them for a while. And that's because we might have to change behaviors. We might have to change our reality. We might have to change how we eat, how we sleep. And she said to him that everything that I'm doing, every decision that I'm making is for my fertility. It is for this shared goal to have a baby. She, she was like, do you think that I like to eat liver? Do you think that I like to take all these supplements? Do you think that I like to do this and this and this all of the time? No, but I'm so clear on the vision and, you know, she has a plan. She has the support from specialists. She knows what she needs to do. So she's doing it. Does she like it all of the time? No. Would she sometimes like to have a glass of wine? Yes. Would she sometimes like to smoke uh, a joint? Yes. But she's not doing these things because she wants to have a baby. So she understands that she has to make decisions. She has to make choices. And, you know, we're human. And sometimes we don't make the right choice. Maybe the choice is not in alignment with where we want to go. But as long as it's not harming the vision, and maybe that choice just keeps us in the same place, and maybe it's not progressing us forward, but it's not harming the vision, I think that's okay. We're human. We're going to make some choices sometimes that may not be in alignment with that vision. But Do we love those choices? No, there's times that I wish that I could just stay up and watch Grey's Anatomy for a little bit longer, but it's 9.15 and I know that I have to go to bed because I want to try and get 
seven and a half, eight hours sleep a night because I know that I need that for my recovery so I can function properly the next day. Do I want to do meal prep for three or four hours on a Sunday? No, (laughs) I don't. But I know that I need to do it because my food needs to be prepared. I need to eat enough. I need to eat the right foods. I need to eat them in the right balance to make sure that my body is getting enough energy in. Do I want to record a podcast every Wednesday or release two a week? No, but I want to grow my business. I want to help a lot of women. So I show up and I do the podcast even when I don't feel like it. Because the choices that I make in my business have to be in alignment with the vision. And the vision and the mission is to help as many women as I can to get more energy, to build insane strength and to create the body they love. I wake up every day and I know that's my vision. That's my mission. So every choice that I make is in alignment with that. Some days I don't feel like working. I don't feel like showing up or recording a video or recording a podcast, but I do it because I'm so clear on the vision and on the mission. What can make it easier is if we have energy, we have a plan or we have a system or a strategy. So for me in my business, I have a lot of systems that I implement to make the execution or the action easier. For my friend, she has a plan. For the next six weeks, there is a clear plan of what she has to do. Every day, every shot, at the time that it needs to be taken. She needs to even wake up in at midnight for some of them. You know, she has a very clear plan for the six weeks. So she knows... She has the strategy. Now it's her job to execute that. And when we make the choice, whether or not it's in alignment or it's not, we have to know that you made that choice. You made it. No one else made it for you. And you have to take that responsibility that that was the choice that you made. Now what you can do if you don't like the choice Connect with the vision and then do better. (laughs) Make a better choice Uh, that's going to help progress you forward to the goal, to the vision. It sounds simple, not always easy, and I totally get that. And this is why we'll always come back to energy. Get energy in. So one thing that we were also talking about and you know, I, I believe this is why a lot of women will never get there. They will never get the results that they want. Is because they're not clear enough on their vision and they don't want it bad enough. Listening to her speak, there was such drive, determination, like grit, this like fierceness, this, you know, she also has so much hope. And when I was listening to her speak, I was like, this is why so many people 
will never achieve what they want to achieve. This is why so many small business owners will quit because it's hard and it takes years. This is why so many women will quit because it's hard and it takes years. This is why a lot of women may give up on their fertility journey because it's hard and it takes a long time. And you need grit, you need fierceness, you need determination. And that's why I just believe a lot of women won't get there. They just, and I've, I've seen it, and I was saying this to her that unfortunately, most of the population will just never achieve what they want to achieve. <laughs> they just don't have it. They don't have it in them. They don't have the grit. They don't have that fierceness, the determination. They don't have the clarity and the vision. And so, you know, I'll just invite you to think about that. Are you really clear on your vision? Is your vision yours? And how bad do you want it? Because like my friend, she wants a baby so bad, she'll do anything to have a baby. And we can transfer this across to our training and our health goals, our body composition goals. How bad do you want it? If you want it bad enough, you'll do everything that you possibly can to get the goal. Now, in saying that, I do believe that you can have the vision, you can want it really bad, but you have a hard time getting there. And why is that? Well, for so many women, we're lost in the culture and the information and the podcasts and the Instagram and we've been told to do hundreds of things or thousands of things and we've tried this and then we've tried that and then we've tried this and we've heard this and we've heard that and we feel really lost and really overwhelmed and really confused and I see you and I, I know that you feel that way. So I know that you can be clear on your vision and clear on what you want, although I think most of us aren't, but there are some women that are, but they have a hard time actually getting there. They don't know how to get there. And this is where getting energy in, so getting support from someone to teach you about energy, your metabolism, your physiology, how to nourish your body properly, how to eat to give you energy, and then creating a plan, systems, strategies for your training and that nutrition and for your stress and your hormones and your life. You know, we need a plan. We need a strategy. And then the third one, having someone to support you. I've been doing all of these podcast episodes with my warriors. And at the end of the episodes, I ask them all, you know, what what are your biggest words of wisdom? What are some really cool advice that you could give? And I'm sure for those of you listening, you've probably listened to them. But the number one thing all of these women talk about is getting help, having someone to support you, get a coach. And I truly believe that that is the the thing that is going to help you achieve the vision. 
We can't do it by ourselves. We need support. And it's okay that you can't do it by yourself because you weren't taught this stuff. You haven't done this stuff for 14 years like myself and like other coaches. And so when we want to do something like have a baby and we're having fertility problems, yes, we could do it by ourselves, but why not get support from someone who is the expert, who does this for a living, who can help you create a plan and a strategy, who can help you progress forward towards your vision. And so I just want to invite you to think about that. Are you clear enough on your vision? Is it important enough to you? Do you want it? Like how bad do you want it? Are you willing to be fierce, determined, patient? Are you willing to stop at nothing to get that vision? Or if you are clear on it and you're having a really hard time progressing towards it, why? Why are you having a hard time? Is it an energy problem? Is it a stress problem? Is it that you don't have a clear plan that's meeting you where you're at right now, that's working with your body? Uh, Is it a training problem? And do you have someone to support you? What's your table like? Who's on your team? Okay, should we get into today's podcast episode? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so today I want to talk about how to train in your 40s, 50s and beyond. Hopefully your 60s, 70s and 80s. One of the biggest concerns of women in their 40s is that their body composition starts changing. They start storing fat in their abdomen and they also notice that they feel weaker, that they're losing muscle mass or they're finding it really hard to gain muscle mass. So in your 30s, you may have trained hard and responded really well and achieved your goals. And you may have felt really good in your body. But by your 40s, you notice that things start to get harder. Then you reach a point in your later 40s when it feels like your training and your nutrition just aren't working for you anymore. A recent study in 2022 actually found that the greatest body composition changes happened the three to four years before menopause. The women in perimenopause had lower muscle mass and an elevated percentage of body fat compared to those women in pre and post menopause. And when they looked at what's driving that body composition change, it's a decreased insulin sensitivity. So insulin sensitivity is about getting glucose into your cells where you need it. So that's good sensitivity instead of in your fat cells where you don't want it. (laughs) We don't want it there. That's a decreased sensitivity. What they also see is that women have elevated levels of cortisol 
around this time. So their baseline cortisol is higher than those women pre and post menopause. So this is due to excess estrogen, uh, that estrogen roller coaster that's happening happening in perimenopause, which could also contribute to an increase in abdominal fat. We also become less anabolic, so less able to make muscle as estrogen starts to decline. So when when we're in that really late stage of perimenopause, we get a decline in estrogen. And estrogen is anabolic. It's a build-up hormone. So it really helps us build muscle. So when it starts to decline, we become less anabolic or more catabolic. So more breakdown than build up. But what we know from the research is that strength training helps with improving muscle mass, metabolic flexibility, and body composition. So if we want a body composition change and we also want to support our metabolism, we need to strength train. We need to lift heavy weights. And we need to do this at least three times a week, performing big compound movements, squat, deadlift or hinging, single leg movements, pulling, pushing, pressing. We need to use those big muscle groups. And we also want to be working around that six rep or lower rep range for three to five sets. And we want to train those muscle groups and those movements at least twice a week. So we want to be doing some form of squat at least twice a week, some form of hinge at least twice a week. We want to be training, you know, our pulling at least twice a week, our pressing at least twice a week. The muscle groups need a stimulus at least twice a week. And we want to be working down in that rep range to create that same stimulus that estrogen would give us. So we want it to be heavy, working to almost failure or a technical failure. And that's what we do inside of Warrior School. All of my warriors will work to what we call a technical failure. And that is that they need to be able to perform the movement with full range of motion, control and technique. So... They've got to be able to perform it properly, meeting the quality and the standards that I have for that movement. And that's what we would call a technical max or working to almost technical failure. So that's really important. We've got to have the intensity there to create that stimulus. Now your technical max or pushing to technical failure will be different to mine. It's relative to our strength and our training age. But as long as you're working to that point, to that intensity, you'll create the stimulus that we need to help us build strength, build muscle mass, and to help 
shuttle glucose into your cells. The science is also showing that plyometrics and high-intensity interval training is helpful in this time. So these two modes create stimuli that will also help us maintain or build muscle. Uh, It'll help our bone health and it helps our metabolic flexibility. So it helps that uh, response to insulin. And I'm actually going to do two separate podcast episodes on both plyometric training and high intensity interval training. But what I want to talk about in this podcast episode, because it's being recommended for women in this stage of their life, how do we fit that in? How do we approach that? Because for a lot of women, they don't even have a strength training practice or a proper strength training practice. Then they're hearing or there's recommendations out there saying, to do plyometric work two or three times a week for 10 minutes each session and to do high intensity interval training at least twice a week. And so how do we approach that? And this is what I'm really fascinated about, you know, the hierarchy of training needs for women. And when we're entering this stage of our life and we're seeing these body composition changes, we've got, you know, more fat mass in our abdomen, We're not as uh, sensitive to insulin. So we've got some metabolic stuff going on. And we know that we're losing muscle. So we've been losing muscle, you know, since, you know, maybe our mid to late 30s. And we've got the bone stuff coming into the conversation around how our bone mineral density starts to decline and especially around menopause. So we... There's recommendations to strength train, uh, to do plyometric work, and to do high-intensity interval training. But then also there's recommendations that we've got to manage our stress. And so our baseline cortisol is higher. So we've got to do things that downregulate our stress, that support our nervous system, that create safety and stability. So probably a lot of you are seeing conversations around zone two work. You know, you got to do zone two work, be in zone two. Uh, It's really important to do zone two work two or three times a week. And so now we've got this added in. So how do we create an approach? Like what, what does that look like for us, you know, for our training, for our week, for our goals? If our goal is to change our body composition, to reduce fat mass, particularly abdominal fat mass, and to help maintain or build muscle mass, how do we structure our training? So we've talked about strength training. We need to strength train at least three times a week. Lifting heavy weights, working that one to six rep range, to technical failure. That's what Dr. Stacey Sims would call training high or training at the top end. So I want you to imagine a pyramid and at the top of the pyramid is that top end training, training hard, training high, lifting heavy weights. And it's where we would put high intensity interval training, which we'll talk about in a future podcast episode. 
Then we've got training low. And training low is where we would put things like walking and mobility and yoga and zone two work. That's training low. And the training low is about uh, recovery and supporting the nervous system, building our baseline aerobic capacity. Then we've got this middle space. And this middle space is, you know, this moderate intensity training, really called like junk volume. And so that's where, you know, we could put the F45s and the orange theories or, you know, the 5K run that you like to do every day. That is moderate intensity training. And that actually creates more stress on the body And on a body that already has elevated baseline cortisol, we don't want to do that. So as Dr. Stacey Sims says, we want to stay out of the middle. We want to stay out of that middle range. So our training needs to be top end and bottom end training. Walking would be my number one bottom end thing to do to support your recovery and the nervous system. Then we're going to jump up the top and do our top end training. And that is our strength training, lifting heavy weights. What also goes up the top is plyometric work and high intensity interval training. But what I would recommend is creating a strong strength training practice first to build a good baseline strength And then we can add in plyometric and high intensity interval training. Now, I don't, of course, we could start jumping if we have no experience of jumping and we're just starting a strength training practice, but it is going to be harder. Uh, And the same for HIIT training. If we're missing that baseline level of strength where the body is used to feeling what it feels like to... uh, put a lot of tension and force through the body Uh, when the bones and the muscles are used to having that strain on the body when we've created you know some more when we've created more muscle mass the body's going to have an easier time introducing plyometric work and HIIT work because females really struggle with power and speed we've got more slow twitch muscle fibers And I'll get more into it when I do a podcast episode on HIIT training and what true HIIT training is. But essentially, we really struggle to generate the power needed to reach that true high-intensity interval training. When we think of HIIT, most of us are thinking about the 90% of stuff that we see on the Instagram or YouTube, the F45s, the Orange Theory. That's not true HIIT training and it will not create the stimulus that we need to get the response that we want on the body composition and the abdominal fat. So I would highly recommend creating a consistent strength training practice building some baseline strength first and then we can look at adding in plyometric work and HIIT work. Then the last thing that we want to look at is our nutrition. So our nutrition needs change as we enter this phase of our life. 
And this is mostly because our elevated baseline levels of cortisol and our reduced insulin sensitivity. So we find it a little bit harder to get that glucose into our cells where we need it. Instead, it wants to go to the fat cells where we don't want it to be. So we need to tweak our nutrition. And the number one thing that we can focus on is making sure that we're eating enough food. Eat enough food. (laughs) Eat enough food. The second thing that we need to focus on is eating enough protein. Protein is essential to help us maintain and build our muscle mass. Okay, so if you're in your 40s and you're noticing body composition changes, you're feeling weaker, you're noticing a loss of muscle mass, let's recap. What you want to focus on is creating a consistent strength training practice, lifting at least three times a week, learn how to lift properly, uh, learn how to create tension, learn how to uh, train to technical failure, and do big compound movements. Then we do want to add in plyometric work and high intensity interval work, which we'll talk about in future podcast episodes. The second thing is, is that we want to train low. So the first, you know, the first strategy or approach is to polarize your training. So we've got top end and then we need bottom end. So making sure that we're walking, uh, you know, we're doing zone two work, mobility work, uh, light and easy work to help aid recovery and downregulate the nervous system. So polarize your training. The second thing is that you need to eat enough food. Fuel yourself well, balance your macronutrients to help with your metabolic flexibility, to help with your insulin sensitivity. The last thing is eating enough protein. You need to reach your protein goals to help maintain or build your muscle mass to support your hormones and help you recover from your training. So all of these changes that happen are happening because of the change in ratio of hormones and the body's just responding to that change. But the cool thing is, is that it's never too late to respond to these changes by taking action uh, and that will reduce the effects of declining hormones. So the body composition changes, the poor insulin sensitivity, mood swings, the disrupted sleep, the poor energy, they are hormonally driven and we can change them by looking at our training and our nutrition plan. But, you know, if you want to have the biggest impact on your metabolism and your body composition as you reach menopause and beyond, start early. Start early in your transition. That may be the most effective strategy. Okay, Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening. Uh, To dive deeper into this stuff, highly recommend that you check out both of my podcast episodes with Dr. Stacey Sims. And I'll also be doing a bunch of upcoming podcast episodes on this stuff. So we're going to talk a little bit more about 
body composition changes. I'm going to dive into plyometrics, uh, high intensity interval training, and we'll look at the effects of adding those into our training plan and how we can do that. All right. Thanks so much for joining me. I truly appreciate you and I'll see you soon. Bye for now. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.